Hi, I'm Caleb. I'm Lisa. And I'm Sean. And this is Watcher Harry, a podcast where three obsessive and slightly drunk friends discuss the wider Harry Potter universe. Um, and as a reminder, this show is not appropriate for kids. There will be bad language and talking about stuff kids shouldn't listen to. So don't let yeah. your kids listen to it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Okay. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. Uh, it's nice to see you guys over Zoom. Even the last time we saw each other, we actually got to see each other in person, which was very exciting. Well, I, I know. Forgot. We took zero <laughs> pictures. We took zero pictures. We well, Except we took one picture. One well, of our hair. I'm not in. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, where did we go? The cauldron. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no names. We're not giving anyone free pub. We're we're done with the free publicity on this show. <laughs> so we get sponsors. <laughs> Also, uh, so we we went to uh, uh, Lisa was in town um, visiting some family and uh, Caleb. This was right before their move. Caleb has moved at this point. They are now back down south, um, but we were all in the same area. So we went out to a Harry Potter themed bar in Philadelphia that shall not be named um, that had <laughs> mostly because pretty- just like we don't want Warner Brothers. Yeah, yeah, that is, is true. It's not licensed. It's not licensed. Um, Are you going to bleep out that I already said it? No. Oh. <laughs> no, it's already <laughs> been named. Say, you could just, just say it again. You could just rewind. Um, and they had very, uh, very decent cocktails and very mediocre food. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that it, was bad. It was. It was, was pretty bad. bad. It was it fine. Was, I don't they remember. Put, they put hot grapes on their charcuterie board. <laughs> Hot grapes. Yeah, hot grapes yeah. is weird. But the hot grapes are less weird if you like spread it on stuff with the goat cheese. Perhaps. Yeah. I don't now know. We're all thinking about hot grapes. Either way. Yeah. I completely blocked out the hot grapes. Oh, that I've con- not stopped I've the- not stopped thinking about it. What was the drink we got that we both got, Sean? Oh, that it was like some sort of um it was supposed to be the equivalent of like a butterbeer cocktail. Oh, and it was very, very, very good. Had toasted marshmallows on it. it. Uh, mm-hmm. It sounded Lisa had a revolting apple. but yeah, apple margarita no i had something i don't remember mine was fine yeah ours ours was caleb and i i it was very good i would go back it for it so i good. will say the weird green shots that we took though were very good oh the green shots were really great oh uh, yeah mm-hmm. they like yeah. bubbled yeah it's very yeah. themed that was a very fan. good so we had a great so time it's... and most importantly we got to see each other in person um yeah, and now we're all back in our different places. Yeah, yeah. it was so short lived. It was so short lived. It was it was one night. I think that it would have to be. I think if we want more time, it has to be more intentional. Oh yeah, the That's Forks fair. Festival. But, right, of course, the Twilight Festival that we're all coming to. Yes, we. So um, as we said before, Lisa lives out in Seattle, and Caleb and I have decided we're going to go out and and see her. Um, do like a friends trip. Uh, but we said we only would go if she would drive us to Forks and let us do <laughs> Twilight stuff. And she did agree to it. So hopefully in the new year, you we will have dispatches from Forks Fork for all of our uh, our listeners. <laughs> Jesus. We're going to need to make a spinoff pod. Yeah. Oh, we'll do a special season because Lisa's never seen the Twilight movies. I haven't. So and I've never read watch books. those. So we're going to switch it. We already talked about this. Um, yeah, we did. But we're just right. really confirming it for everyone. Yeah. It holds <laughs> us accountable. Right. The more we talk about it, the more likely it will come to fruition, I think. Yeah. Just like this podcast. So, you know, it worked once. It might as well work again.
So who would, uh, who wants to go first? Uh, okay, Caleb, what are you drinking? Lisa, I did this for you. What did you it's do? A bird, it's a bird on a skateboard. Oh, cute. <laughs> oh, cute. Uh, so this is Collective Arts Brewery, and the, the it's a New England IPA. It's called Life in the Clouds, and uh-huh. it's just uh, a little bird, a little bird on a skateboard, and I thought it was very cute. Um, is it any good? It's okay. It's okay. not so, I don't know the difference between a New England IPA and another kind of IPA, but it's not as hoppy or bitter and there's not really any citrus notes to it um so it's like a pretty mellow ipa i like it nice nice and i, I usually drink like an eight percent beer and it's 6.1 so we should stay on track <laughs> very good yeah <laughs> um i'm back to my old ways oh are you nice. just <laughs> drinking like kitty litter out of a jar <laughs> No, um, oh, no, she just has a, a, a cup of liquid that you cannot see through. We have no idea what it is. No, it's a, it's like an alcoholic kombucha that I found in our cabinet. Oh. Um, it's passion fruit flavored. I haven't tried it yet, so I'm, I'm saving it for us. No, it's perfectly fine. Nice. Good. Perfectly fine. We'll take it. I, you know, I, review. I, so there were a couple of them. It came in like a variety pack that I bought a while ago because my sister came out to visit and we were pretty curious to see what it tasted like. Mm-hmm. And I had one and it wasn't so bad. It was like a mango flavored one. And then I had another one that tasted like pure sunscreen. Um, so I've been pretty afraid to try them since. Um, and this is passion fruit flavored and it uh, is quite mellow flavored. Can you tell that it's kombucha? No. Oh, okay, cool. I mean, like, it's got more flavor than just like a seltzer. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's a little bit more rounded, I guess. Yeah, gotcha. I'm um, like, Jerry's out for me on hard kombuchas. I've, I have never been too impressed. Well, I really love kombucha in general. Me too. Um, and I like a hard seltzer. I'm not above it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, this is fine. I wouldn't like go out of my way for it, but like if it was happening to me right now, like it's fine. Mm-hmm. I can fine with it. Perfectly cool. fine. Yeah. How about you, Sean? Um, well, since I am, uh, I'm just getting over, I COVID last week and then this week. Um, so I'm not drinking alcohol yet. It's fair. So I, <laughs> thank you. Uh, so I have a sparkling water that is peach black tea flavored. Oh. It's actually very nice. It's this brand called Nixie that the bougie grocery store in my neighborhood has. And nice. I enjoy it. Very good. Great. Cool. What are we talking about today, team? Uh... <laughs> do, do I help or do you got it? Ghosts. <laughs> I legitimately, my brain just turned off. I was looking at this picture of Taylor Lautner in spandex. <laughs> I couldn't find the title of the episode. <laughs> Um, ghosts, werewolves, and and uh, and ghouls and vampires. Vampires, no ghouls. No ghouls. Very well. No ghouls. Carry on. Uh, which we have to specify <laughs> because obviously there are ghouls in the Harry Potter universe. There are. We're, We're not, not talking, talking about, about them. them today. Yeah. So this was meant to be a Halloween episode, um, and then uh, I was no, traveling, and we like... yeah we didn't get a chance to do it. So we'll we'll promote this for Halloween next year. But now you guys get it as yeah, like whatever. a November episode. Yeah. yeah. You know, we'll do a different one for Halloween next year. Yeah, we'll do ghouls next year. Yeah, we'll do ghouls. God, There's what a short episode. <laughs> the school got uh, 
measles. What white. happened to the ghoul? I'm whatever. Sorry, I'm not drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Just being weird. Um, so we've wanted to talk about this for a while. Yeah, it's just, uh, I think something that's really fun about the Harry Potter universe, right? We've talked about Fantastic Beasts and our feelings on those and, um, how we like the creatures, the creature aspect of a lot of the things. Um, and we picked three of the most common creatures that are found in folklore, um, even though not all of them play a massive role in the Harry Potter franchise. Um, but they are certainly the three things, like the three creatures that come up most frequently in pop culture. Mm-hmm. And they're all like human or had once been human. some sort of human hybrid, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's why we chose the vampire werewolf ghost aspect, um, not just because we've got two Twilight enthusiasts over here uh-huh. i can't t- i can't i i can't give myself over to being considered a trial twilight enthusiast because okay. i kind of just like i watched them a little bit ironically and then it became unironic by the fourth film <laughs> um but I, i'll let you know when i'm ready to be to self-identify oh okay great twilight fan. um now but speaking of twilight vampires like empire so okay. do we want to do we want to start with vampires? Because vampires, I mean, we have the so basically, do we want to start with one we have the least information on, or do we want to end there? I'm down to start there. I'm yeah, like I've been racking my brain. Okay. And Sean, I'm glad you took vampires because I didn't want vampires because I couldn't even think of them in the book. Like I don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So so the reason I actually took vampires, I was having a conversation with, I think it was my friend Rob, um, a couple months ago, and we were just like talking about harry potter um because he wasn't the biggest fans of the books and he was like i don't know why you would talk about vampires and you would introduce vampires and then you would never give us vampires again and i was like Mm -hmm. you know rob that's actually an excellent point um because i i really hadn't thought about vampires in the harry potter universe until he said that and then it got like lodged in my brain like what Mm -hmm. is what is going on because we know that they exist she does tease us with them and we don't get them yeah Um, we only get like the one yeah, yes, we we meet one and we get a mention of another. Um so I mean a quick a quick background on vampires if there's one person in the world who is unfamiliar with them in pop culture. Um but our our modern listening idea, to our podcast. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, but maybe you're out there. Um our modern idea of the vampire really comes from Bram Stoker's uh 1897 novel Dracula. Um although he was definitely not the first person to write about vampires he wasn't even the only person writing about vampires around that time there were a bunch of books and stories about vampires coming out um he just ended up being the most famous and uh uh, vampires are vampiric creatures existing cultures all around the world they aren't all necessarily this sort of um very kind of suave humanoid vampire creature that we like associate with a dracula but um some kind of you know monster with these blood-sucking vampiric elements have existed everywhere in you know in culture and in folklore um uh, and what they have in common again is is that kind of uh thirst for for blood that sort of like demonic quality to them uh so most tales of european vampires 
Uh, that's what we'll focus on just because that's what the Harry Potter ones are. That's also probably the ones we are most familiar with being like a Western audience. Um, we know that they, you know, have an aversion to garlic, uh, Christian imagery. Um, they either avoid mirrors um, because they, you know, don't show a reflection in them. So it's kind of a giveaway. And the most commonly accepted way of killing a vampire is a stake through the heart, mouth, or stomach, depending on um, wow. kind of what area of the world you are. Um, we're used to heart. Um, I've read in like, I think like German folklore and Russian folklore, it, it can be some of those other body parts um, or decapitation is also huh. a uh, a well-known way of making sure vampires stay dead. Um. So to move into Harry Potter, uh, we don't know much about them. We know they exist, but that's basically all. Um, so I found a quote from Pottermore. There's a very, very uh, tiny section of Pottermore uh, talking about vampires. <laughs> and it reads, uh, this is a quote from J.K. Rowling. Uh, the vampire myth is so rich and has been exploited so many times in literature and on film that I felt there was little I could add to the tradition, which... Side note, I mean, since when does she care about that? So I, yeah. I refuse that. Um, Not canon. Yeah. In any <laughs> case, vampires are a tradition of Eastern Europe. And in general, I tried to draw from British mythology and folklore when creating adversaries for Harry. I really don't fucking buy that one. Mm. Um, I think you can just say like, you know what? I gave you all these other creatures. Like you don't get vampires. I didn't feel like writing them. Like that's fine. Yeah. But like you cannot tell me that you're just like oh well like vampires aren't British so I didn't put them so in I there. didn't like, put them in the book like that's just that's a bad excuse just be like I didn't want to write about vampires that's fine yeah so but that's apparently why we don't have vampires um she did go on to say that in really really early notes on the first book there was supposed to be a vampire professor called Troker um. Mm -hmm. There wasn't like a lot of context around him. He wasn't like teaching a specific subject. I think she was just like, it'd be funny to have a vampire professor. Um, but obviously he never made it into uh, any early versions of the books. These were really just her notes. Yeah. So it would have just changed. It, yeah, it just, it feels a little bit out of lane. Like it feels like it would have changed the whole series to like welcome it vampires it, it it would have been interesting i i mean it is what it is like she didn't put him in like it's yeah it's, it's no big deal it definitely would have been kind of cool to have more just kind of these like explicitly like magical non-humans like be interacting in the like those monsters interacting in the world right. like that mm -hmm. um but that's just like it's just a different book right yeah, yeah that's a it feels like she so intentionally wrote humans and then creatures mm -hmm. yeah exactly right like they're not part they're part of the same world but only because they have to be Ooh, i bet there's what am i gonna say fan fiction Fanfic? oh. <laughs> <laughs> i was like i don't know yeah. oh man i think i bet there's a fan fiction about that uh if we ever had a t-shirt it could be <laughs> <laughs> one of them I bet there's a fan fiction. Uh, um, so we so we do meet one um vampire in Half Blood Prince. There's a vampire called Sangini, 
I think is how you pronounce it. Sanguini. Yeah, um, sanguini, but that kind of sounds like linguini. So yeah, that sounds know. dumb. So I'm going to say it's sanguini. <laughs> um, he is, uh, he's just a guest at one of the Slughorn parties. Um, we don't spend a lot of time with him. He's just introduced as a vampire. Um, who like is kind of hungry. Yeah, who like always is like sort of, yeah, if I'm remembering that scene correctly, he's like always kind of like lurking after someone and the guy and like the wizard he's with is like sanguini get back here like, and he just like keeps like hilarious. handing him like a cocktail wiener yeah you know? which like he can't eat and he's just kind of like wait what book uh half blood prince. prince i don't remember it's at, at the christmas all. party yeah it's, it's like when, super minor yeah harry like goes up to this guy and this guy's trying to convince harry to write a biography about him Oh, okay. And he brought the uh, the vampire with him, I guess, as like an interesting because guess? I think I think the guy is like a that wizard is like a writer or a researcher right, or something author. like that. Yeah, gotcha. And this is yeah, his like pal. I don't know. I don't really know <laughs> why he's there. The, it's funny. Like most recent subject of his, I think bio like a, he wrote just wrote a biography about him gotcha. or something. Yeah. Um. But yeah, there's like the one thing where it's like these girls are like standing really close to him really interested and the vampires like <laughs> you know kind of lunging like lurching towards them and the guy is like ah sanguini stop this oh that's such a fun little like easter egg it's very then. silly it it's is silly. like the only time that we like see we actually physically see a vampire in the story hmm. Yeah, the only other time that they're even really mentioned, I think they maybe are mentioned once, like kind of offhand in, you know, Defense Against the Dark Arts. But um, uh, in um, Sorcerer's Stone, uh, Professor Coral claims to have encountered vampires in Albania. And everyone's kind of like, I don't believe that because Coral's a coward and like, there's no way he came. Like, he was like hanging out with vampires. Yeah. yeah. Um, And he even uh, decorated or in his defense against the dark arts classroom, he like had garlic everywhere. Cause he was supposed to, he said it was to ward off a particularly vicious, like Romanian vampire that he had, had a bad encounter with. with. Yeah. Huh. And like Fred and George kept making jokes that like, maybe he stuffs his. It, he's like turban with that. With, with yeah. garlic. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that's supposed to be pointing to uh, Voldemort? Like wasn't Voldemort trying to recruit vampires for. His, the dark side or well, something. So Quirrell was a researcher. So oh. it's not un unlikely that he did run into other creatures while he was in Albania. Like he was chosen because he was in Albania, not he didn't go to Albania because Voldemort was already working with him. Yeah, they like he, encou just, he encountered him there. Yeah, oh. like in general, Quirrell, I don't think was actually, I think Quirrell's story is like quite, sad if you look at it overall like I don't think that Coral this is probably for a different episode but like you get the opinion that Coral didn't actually do anything he was just like really possessed by Voldemort oh no yeah so, like he's just kind of like well, a dude so if I'm remembering um like that part in uh Sorcerer's Stone where Voldemort is like talking to Harry at the end I he because he says something like um, basically that Quirrell was just like a, a weak man who wanted power and he was able yeah. to kind of lure him in with that. So I don't think it was like, like Voldemort Super didn't like, innocent, jump, but like he, he didn't like jump Quirrell and possess him. I think he like tempted Quirrell and Quirrell was yeah. kind of like a, Easy like a cowardly target. guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, a Peter Pettigrew type possibly. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. But Weak. 
But uh, maybe, uh, uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe he also had some sort of feud with a Romanian vampire. Good yeah. for him, if so. Good for him. Good for him. Uh, um, and then obviously Gilderoy Lockhart has a book called uh, Voyages with Vampires. I think he makes a comment where he's like, when I was done with that vampire, all he could eat was lettuce or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, he makes like a stupid joke. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the only other thing we really know about vampires is they are considered non-wizard part humans and are therefore protected under the guidelines for the treatment of non-wizard part humans. Um, Interesting. Like, protected under the ministry. Um, and we know this because Percy Weasley mentions them specifically in Goblet of Fire when he's talking about Rita Skeeter. Here's this quote that says, uh, that woman's got it in for the Ministry of Magic. Last week, she was saying we're wasting our time quibbling about cauldron thickness when we should be stamping out vampires as if it wasn't specifically stated in paragraph 12 of the guidelines for the treatment of non-wizard part humans. Um so we know that they are a protected class under uh, those guidelines for the ministry. Interesting. So, interesting. So like a non-wizard part human. So yes. like. So I would assume a- werewolves also fall under that. Mm-hmm. Well, but they're wizards. They are mostly. Oh, they are wizards. You're right. They're mostly wizards. Um, and Centaurs? Oh, I guess they are. But they're, I part guess they're human. part human. I don't know. I'm just wondering, like, if a wizard becomes a vampire, do, are they, like, no longer? So we're also not clear within the Harry Potter universe. Um, I got a lot of this information from Harry Potter Wiki and Pottermore. Um, but, like, she never specifies, like, we know how vampires are created in other, other you know, folk, like, folklore and, cult- and um, pop yeah. culture. But she never talks about how they're created. So I guess technically we don't know if vampires are created or like born or like maybe, no. maybe wizards can't be vampires. Like maybe they, huh. they can't get turned. We have, we have no way of knowing that. Yeah. Cause it's like, they're dead. Are they dead or undead? Or, undead. There's a lot of evidence. in. Mean? I mean, we know that like JK is not like the most original when it comes yeah. to like especially like side things that she's not spending a lot of time on mm-hmm. um so it's only speculation but like a lot of literature specifically goes into the fact that like if you're magic to begin with and you are turned into a vampire you lose your magic because you died oh no yeah that's what i was wondering um and lisa i saw you make a face like vampires can't be born but that just shows that you have not experienced twilight oh Park my god <laughs> hey spoilers no spoilers <laughs> That CGI baby. God. I don't like the phrase CGI baby. CGI baby. Oh, you're going to hate it even worse when you see it. Yeah, it's awful. I don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that's everything we know about vampires. Um, I mean, we have, I guess, theoretically, we have a million questions about them, but like, we'll never be able to answer them. There's just no use really wondering about them. Yeah, there's no use. We'd be writing a whole new chapter yeah you could just have, you could just look up any other vampire pop culture that exists or uh, in you media. know fanfic or fanfic. fanfic uh my question my burning question for both of you is who is the sexiest vampire <laughs> like in the in the who's your fave vampire yeah in culture spike from buffy is the sexiest vampire Ooh. spike from buffy i still never watched buffy 
Oh, what a good question. I'm sorry about my cat. Should I go for, should I just go for like a, like a Damon Salvatore situation? You know, Damon go for Salvatore. a vam- Vampire Diaries reference. I don't know that one either. I just I looked think... up Spike from Buffy. He looks like Billy Idol. He, he does look exactly like Billy Idol. <laughs> I'm like, oh. like Billy Idol. Oh, but I mean, come on. Drew is the best. Drew from what? Drusilla. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, she actually might be the hottest she vampire. Wins. Drusilla wins. She's not only just, like, off her rocker. She is just her accent is Spike. Oh, my God. She's so cool. Spike. I don't want to go out. Oh, she's the best. Yeah. Actually, the two of them combined are just the hottest vampires They're full ever. of chaos. They're, it's crazy. Yeah. I love a chaotic vampire. They're, um, they're great. My favorite is that oddly sexy priest from Midnight Mass. Oh my god! Oh, yes, he is, is that super a vampire? Right. That's yes, a vampire, that counts. Right? That does, I knew, that I does knew count. He's absolutely yeah. a vampire. Uh, He's so hot. Why it's so is he weird. so hot? Very hot. So sorry. This is a this is a sidebar. I'm gonna keep it in though. Well, I started watching that show. It was like one of those where you see this character and you're like, oh, it's a guy. But everyone in that show was trying to convince you he's really hot. And then by like like episode three, Nick, my husband, turns to me and he just goes, I don't know. I think that priest is really hot. I don't know what it is. <laughs> he's got he this. Ca- like so He does. He's got this like cult leader. Oh, he's so he's got charisma. these intense eyes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. he's also just like a really good actor. Yes. Oh. So like the whole thing. Thing. Man, I like forgot about Midnight Mass for a second. I should give that a watch again. He's like a hotter. No, no. He's like a hot Alan Rickman. <laughs> He's got like a Snape quality to him. He does kind of have okay. a Snape quality. I took the word hotter out and I just made it uh, hot. Alan Rickman, Alan Rickman had his own vibe going on. Had his own vibe. I feel like they could be brothers or cousins. Um, brother cousins, perhaps? Brother he, cousins. He would actually be a very interesting casting choice for Snape in, like, a reboot. Yeah. He just he yeah. does this thing where, like, he makes everyone feel like they're the only person in the world. Yeah. That's a fun episode where we recast the Harry Potter we film. Gotta with recast. Our, with our a... own, like, and we debate it. Like yeah. a casting yeah. table. That was a very high text I sent you while I was watching Secrets of Dumbledore. <laughs> like, <laughs> and everything is on it. the table. So if we come in and we're like. This one know, we should commit to A Muppet should be. Yeah. We should commit to arguing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. So that's all that I have on vampires. Vampire. Vampires. Vampire. <laughs> you know, I didn't realize that there was actually so little in the books about. Yeah, it's there's so a little. very there's so little. Yeah. Uh. Okay, so uh. ghosts or werewolves next? Can we do werewolves? Because I don't have a lot to say. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot to say about ghosts. Um okay, so I, I've got a and also I have a, a transition um from the vampires to the werewolves. Uh so werewolves, we get a lot about the we okay what are your impressions do we learn a lot about werewolves in the series or do we learn more out of series from Rowling? you learn some right mm-hmm. i think you learn more about like werewolf politics more than anything yes okay yeah uh, you like understand how hard it is to be a werewolf in this world but like right but they don't go into the it. like the history of 
right. werewolves or anything like that. Yeah. And it's um, pretty clear that they don't seem to understand that much about werewolves based on yeah. the fact that like Lupin doesn't seem to know that much about himself. Right. And like they have to assign the students a chapter on werewolves for them to even like start thinking about anything. Um, but I digress. So similarly to vampires, werewolves have this like worldwide lore across time and space through many, many cultures. So I started to read about the folkloric history of werewolves and I, I, I quit because there was so much information mm-hmm. that I just yeah. didn't even if you're interested in werewolves, go Google them. There's like werewolf hieroglyphics and like old werewolf bar mitzvah. Spooky, spooky scared. Yeah. Boys becoming men. Finish it. Men becoming, becoming wolves. wolves. Yes, yes. Um, NBC so, comes down on us. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have the we rights need, to that. We need someone to pay attention to us. Tina Fey um, can sue me. That is fine. That oh, means she has come across that she can that sue me. That would be the highlight of our lives. I would put that on my resume. I want you sued by Tina Fey. <laughs> Tina Fey. Um, so werewolves, a lot about them. Um, met, like most cultures have some kind of werewolf lore um, where a person gets like attacked by some kind of wolf beast and then becomes a half human, half wolf beast who transforms usually at a full moon. Um, I wish I did a little more research because I would love to know why it's like the cycle of the moon that drives the transformation, but I decided to give myself a bye week as you could tell from the quality of my research (laughs) when you opened the doc today. Um, Okay, so werewolves are also, help me with this word, lycanthropes. 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 So... They're also known as lycanthropes. Um, and so it's a mythological or folkloric human with the ability to shapeshift into a wolf. Um, in the Harry Potter universe, this is not like a voluntary transformation. It goes monthly with the cycle of the moon. So come the full moon, werewolves transform. Things like Twilight. Are they technically werewolves in Twilight? No. Oh, they're not? No. Oh, they, God. They Well, mm- so are they, they are they call they, themselves werewolves but they talk about in twilight okay i read the books so i do know this they talk about in the books that there are werewolves they are not werewolves are uh, they like uh because i know what is it like the loop guru is like another term for it, it's like again i think they're just one of these sort of shapeshifter because they the thing in twilight is they have control over it right and in most like actual like werewolf folklore it's it's involuntary okay. right like when you go to like the Rougarou and the um wendigo right like mm-hmm. they're right. different variations of kind of the i think werewolf is more oh i think werewolf is more um like eurocentric specific um yes. where there's like more like native folklore surrounding it's like kind of all over the world gotcha okay thank you for that if you're interested in the rougarou or what was the other thing wendigos 
the yeah. Wendigos. We talk about them in our Wandler episode. We do. Yes, we still remember. That's why I still remember that. Um, yeah, there's actually like really, really interesting kind of werewolf adjacent folklore in Very the cool. Americas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it like would be cool. You know, if folks are like, if we're ever running out of material and folks are like, you need to keep talking, we can do a deeper dive. <laughs> Agreed. Um, okay, so uh, Europeans believed that werewolves were tools of the devil and hunted them ruthlessly because we everyone was obsessed with that for a long time. Um, uh, I also uh, think because wolves were always closely tied with satanic imagery mm-hmm. closely tied with vampires vampire yes um vampire vampire um because i mean in dracula when he's like oh the children of the night what beautiful music they make like he's talking about the wolves in the forest you were just doing a vampire accent was i accident. oh my I, I just slipped into it automatically like, yeah the children of the night yeah exactly <laughs> Oh no. That's very embarrassing. Their music is lovely. (laughs) I have been in quarantine for 10 days. I have not really seen another human being. Just been watching like (laughs) what we do on the shadows on loop. Oh, oh, keep going. I wish you hadn't called that out. I could have lived without knowing that. No, no, you'll hear it. (laughs) And also it was I'm exaggerating just you. But um okay, so speaking of that connection, the werewolf vampire connection, um, according to the first Dictionary of Modern Serbian Language, uh, published in 1818. Um, the Vukodlok werewolf and vampire, vampire, vampire. Uh, are synonyms, meaning a man who returns from his grave for purposes of fornicating with his widow. <laughs> <Ew>. Nice. <laughs> uh, so, oh, no. Uh, yeah, but like if you're, is that fornication? I guess you're undead, so you died, so you're not married anymore, so you're oh, you fornicating. Were you were married, though. Yeah, but till right. death, you know. Oh, hmm, you're mm-hmm. right. It's a good point. That poor, poor widow. Oh. Anyway, that so seems- that's literally all the research I did. <laughs> I like it. I, I really, what, what is that? What is that word? Which one? The the one that means like one who returns to the grave to fornicate with his widow. The vukodlak. That sounds like one. That like sounds like um I don't know like an insult like you like call some like 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 you call someone like a bastard like you know what I mean like you call someone at a bar that and it starts this whole altercation. You wife fornicator. You dead wife wife fornicator. fornicator. But like you specifically are dead. Your wife is still alive. God. Yeah. Um, Whoa. people had so much time uh, on their hands to make up stories like that. Now, unfortunately, uh, epileptics and the mentally ill were often brought to court and accused of being werewolves. Oh. Oh. So just let that sink in for a second. Oh. So that's not great. But yeah. there was like widespread hunting and persecution of people believed to be werewolves. Everyone was afraid of them. Um, now, there were a lot of different ways it was thought you could become a werewolf, which is taking me back to our healthcare episode where we talked about pandemic cures because people just made shit up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some of the ways were drinking water from a wolf's paw print. What? Eating wolf oh, brains. I've, I've heard of that one. Wait, yeah. drinking water from a wolf's paw print? Yeah. yeah. Like, how do you... Oh, you just, like, lap it up? I think so. Okay. I wonder why. 
um, eating wolf brains, which you must be donkey brained to do. Um, wearing a wolf a skin belt. I just, I was listening to the Always Sunny podcast and they have a trivia episode. And if people lose the trivia, they're like, you have donkey brains. Anyway, um, getting bit, uh, making a pact with the devil or having a family curse. So in to move into the Harry Potter universe, we know that um, becoming a werewolf is the result of uh, werewolf saliva mixing with your blood. Um, and then if you don't die from the injuries or like, I don't know if the werewolf can do something to keep you alive, then you become a werewolf. So um, we already mentioned a little bit earlier, there are two main werewolves in the Harry Potter series through which we learn more about the politics surrounding um, werewolves and how they, like the backstories of how they became werewolves. Um, so we know that Greyback attacked Lupin when he was like four or five years old, who was a really little kid. So he lived most of his life as a werewolf. Um, what do you two remember about the about Greyback attacking Lupin? Um, they said in the books that his parents had some sort of disagreement with him. Um, and so like Greyback is notorious for stationing himself near families, specifically children on mm -hmm. the full moon to either seek revenge on people or to like basically raise children to become like vicious werewolves. Yeah, like he yep. specifically attacks kids. Yeah. Um, and I, I always kind of wondered if like there, because again, we, you know, get these things from a certain side and Fenner is, seems like not a great person. Um, I did always wonder if there was like a sort of Magneto quality to him where it's like he is like a member of this like very oppressed like subgroup and he is like building an army smart enough to be compared to Magneto no he's probably not smart enough but I did always wonder about like I was like that could there could be something interesting yeah. there maybe there's a fanfic maybe there's a fanfic <laughs> I mean I think it is interesting right like Lupin certainly when he is tasked by the Order of the Phoenix to basically go underground and live amongst the werewolves. Um, he said he had a really hard time gaining anyone's trust because he had the distinct markings of a wizard who tried to like of, of a werewolf who tried to live among wizards, um, which is, I guess, looked down upon in the werewolf community because they're such, they're treated so poorly as outcasts. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I think it'd be interesting to know about their underground yeah, so we don't get too much um, about whatever like that underground society is. Um, Rowling does, she did post on Pottermore with um, two supplementary essays, one specifically about werewolves and then one about Lupin. And so we get a lot more story behind them mm -hmm. um, in that Lupin one. And then in the werewolf one specifically, we get a lot more just like information about history. So um we already touched on the stigma. Now, the stigma around werewolves goes back like 1600s um, to the extent that there was a werewolf code of conduct developed in 1637. And this was an attempt for wizards and werewolves to live together. So they were supposed to sign a document 
promising to lock themselves up and not attack anyone during the full moon. Um, but nobody signed it because they were afraid to self-disclose their werewolf status to the ministry. Um, and so, and then at another point in time, there's a werewolf registry and then there's a werewolf capture unit at the ministry. So these things tell the story of just like relations going really south and then sort of like things were never good between wizards and werewolves. Uh, so Rowling tells us that most werewolves are going to be wizards because wizards were attempting to like manage relationships with them. Um, so just by virtue of like being exposed to them, being around them or studying them, they would get attacked. Um, and there's something about wizard blood that kept wizards alive after an attack, mm. whereas like a regular person. Interesting. Just die Interesting. After. Yeah. Um, so what else is interesting? Yeah. Um, wizards generally, or no, werewolves generally tried to avoid contact with wizards. Wizards would go try to study them. Um, but if you're grayback, you're going to go try to groom their children into being your Magneto X-Men werewolf army. Um, da, da, da. Okay. So we know that Lupin had access to Wolfsbane potion, which helped him ease the pain of the transformation and all that stuff. Um, this was apparently a really rare, complex and expensive potion. So um, not everyone who was a werewolf had access to something like that. So um, thinking about, thinking about being a werewolf from that perspective where it's an affliction, um, where like you don't, you might not have access or the luxury of isolating yourself or taking the potion so that you'll uh, act more like a normal wolf. So it takes away the pain and it also makes you just act like a sleepy dog during your transformation, which mm -hmm. I would thought sounds great. Um, so that makes sense. Like you're being persecuted. Um, you don't, you, you're kind of helpless to this monthly transformation where you lose your human consciousness and you become like a highly aggressive wolf, not even like a regular wolf, but one who like wants blood. Um, it kind of makes sense why people would go underground. Yeah. With that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I will say I do love the imagery of sleepy wolf lupin just like so cute transforming into his office and being like well i've maybe i'll try to grade papers <laughs> like sitting there you know as a wolf and then he just like well i'll just go to bed and then there's just wolf curled up in his bed oh poor but guy there is like kind of a of a chicken or the egg aspect to like the persecution of werewolves because you know when you you just kind of went through the history where you're like okay they get hyper aggressive. So they're a danger to society. So we have mm -hmm. to remove ourselves from them or <clears throat> remove them from our presence or whatever. But then you also just said that the only thing, the only kind of potion we know that is helpful in making them not dangerous is really expensive. And like mm -hmm. no one really has access to it except Lupin because he is in the center of all learning in Great Britain. So it's like, well, clearly wizards did not feel the need to extend resources to making this potion accessible or yep. easier to make or whatever it is. So like werewolves had to go underground because 
they were a danger and the society yeah. they were trying to protect from themselves had no interest in helping them at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of like um, in like Buffy, right? When Oz finds out like he's mm-hmm. a werewolf and uh, he chains himself up every moon because he doesn't want to hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, funny thing about that. So Dumbledore went to Lupin's parents' house. Also, real quick, um, Lupin's dad worked with like magical creatures in some capacity. And there was a ministry hearing where Greyback was brought in and they were like, this is a werewolf. And Greyback was like, I'm just transient. He was like, I'm just like bopping around like he didn't have a wand he was just like really raggedy and the ministry officials were like oh yeah that's just a homeless person <laughs> let him go and Lupin's dad was like no like that's oh a werewolf and werewolves are bad and he said really disparaging things against werewolves and so that's why Greyback went and Mr. Lupin attacked yeah uh, Remus anyway um so Remus turns he starts exhibiting um magical whatever skills uh really young and then Dumbledore shows up when he's like 10 or 11 and Dumbledore is like listen we already made accommodations once a month Remus is gonna go to this like really comfy house in Hogsmeade and lock himself in and he'll be fine not telling them that it was the shrieking shack or like the thing about the Whomping Willow, like not giving them like such a Dumbledore fucking move. Well, he built all of those things for Lupin, right? So yeah, but he made it. I don't know. I just love that he sold it as like he's going to a comfy house, and then in actuality, it was the Shrieking Shack. Like Dumbledore probably thought that was hilarious. If I'm remembering correctly, when you don't, because the potion wasn't like even invented until Lupin was a little older, right? Mm -hmm. So I also think that during like um, when they're undergoing that change, when they don't have the potion, isn't it also really painful? Really painful. Like that's why you heard the shrieks from the Shrieking Shack because it was literally Lupin Mm -hmm. child in pain going through this every month. Yeah, Yeah. it was painful in the transformation and you're sick for like days before and after. So it's like, it's like they get their periods. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) Well, and he also says too, that in, uh, when he was transforming, when he was first by himself, he like, didn't, he was trapped in there. So he didn't have anything to do. So he would just like bite and scratch himself. Oh, that's really sad. Yeah. It's so, it's so sad. It's really sad. Yeah. Well, poor Lupin. What else do we want to say? I got other information. Whatever. One weird rowling thing. <laughs> and then we'll talk about the metaphors around the whole thing. Um, so she just like had to make up. <laughs> she wrote into her essay, if two werewolves meet and mate at the full moon, a highly unlikely, unlikely contingency. Uh, according is, to Buffy. Yeah, knows- that like, is literally a plot point in Buffy. <laughs> In this verse, it's rare, and it's only happened twice because we needed that. And then they give birth to just a human. They give birth to just wolves with high intelligence. They have puppies that are very smart. So I thought that was silly. That's like a like a needless to write in. So okay, that brings me to. I have questions. um, (laughs) So okay, so that brings me that clears up something, right? Because 
there's something regret like somebody's talking about Hagrid like raising werewolf puppies under his bed or something. Oh yes, like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And they're just making like amusing, right? Yeah. And I'm like, so there's they're making a joke that Hagrid just got a bunch of toddlers underneath oh, his God. bed. Human toddlers. Like, it's horrifying. <laughs> like, but I maybe werewolf yeah. puppies, right, are a thing because occasionally it happens. So they have to meet at the full moon. So then I'm thinking that a human woman gives birth to puppies. So that was my question. Like, then (laughs) do you like, do you give birth in your wolf form or like a human form? Because that is going, there's going to be questions. Do you think that the puppies turn into humans on the full moon? Oh my god! Oh, gosh. that'd be so fun. That it's like Shrek. And they're just like, yeah, it's like Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I better do my taxes. Transformed it. Oh god. Um. Okay. So, la la la. Such a litter was once set free under conditions of extreme secrecy in the Forbidden Forest at Hogwarts with the kind permission of Albus Dumbledore. Um, They grew into just very intelligent wolves, which gave rise to all the stories about werewolves living in the forbidden Right, again, which is one of those things that always made me laugh. It's like, what, are there just like a bunch of like men running around (laughs) in the trees? Probably. Like 95% of the time, folks, they're just human beings. (laughs) Uh, All right, so... Uh, Rowling published in that essay also that being a werewolf is, is supposed to be a metaphor for AIDS. And I just like, don't even feel like it. <laughs> yeah. I don't even feel like it. I just don't. So she has, so that actually isn't something new that she said that. Right. That have, we have known about for, I think since the books, even I think we're still actively coming out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so she said it was a metaphor for those illnesses that carry a stigma like HIV and AIDS because of all the superstition that surrounds bloodborne conditions um, due to taboos surrounding blood itself. So uh, continuing this quote, the wizarding community is as prone to hysteria and prejudice as the muggle one. And the character of Lupin gave me a chance to examine those attitudes. The reason I don't feel like it is because like, shut the fuck up. Like, I just, I can't. Stay in your lane, JK. I just, I can't. I can't. Do you think you would feel differently if she wasn't so terrible now? Yes. Because I, I think as far as like her metaphors go, it's probably the most effective one. Yeah. It's a it's a great metaphor. I just like I it's think like she actually executes it like fairly well. Like, OK, she does. And that's fa- and thank you for saying that. I think I'm just. Oh, it's no, I mean, right. that. I think that quote in general, like, yeah, kind of like sucks because obviously it's not true. Right. It's you like know? not an actual ethic. It's like a cool idea she had and executed well. So, I mean, it, it holds water. Like you said, it she she nailed it. She executes it. Um, it it is like the HIV AIDS crisis um, in the respect that it is a bloodborne pathogen and the people are stigmatized and 
as we said a couple minutes ago, like there was no emphasis on giving people resources or access to the Wolfsbane yeah. potion. So mm-hmm. it all, it tracks, it tracks. Yeah. I just don't want to celebrate her for <laughs> Fair. It. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. So that's all I got. That's all I got Me. about werewolves. That was more than I thought. Who's your favorite werewolf? Great question. I don't know. You have yours? Yeah. Who is it? Oz. Yeah, mine is is Oz too. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Fair enough. Oh, you know what? Well, he's not a werewolf, but I think Jacob's dad in Twilight, I think he's hot. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? Yes. Philly Philly is is hot. Right? All right. Yeah. Yes, I agree. I refer, I might have said this to you already before. I like referred to him as the hot guy from Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> I like saw him in another movie and I was like, the hot, oh, guy, from the hot guy from Twilight. Like, <laughs> it's like this like old man. My sister is like, funny. what? What are What's you talking about? <laughs> very funny. That's the t-shirt I'm going to get for the Forks. Festival. The hot guy from Twilight. <laughs> Caleb, I, I really enjoyed all of your research. I feel like I learned a lot. My favorite part was, though, where, like, you impersonated Grayback as though he was sort of like a cockney chimney swing. Like, <laughs> oi, oh, 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 no, I'm just Oh, I just a grifter. Oh, I'm just a transient man. Bugger. Sorry, everyone in England. They're not listening to us anymore because we've done this too much with the accent. Yeah, uh, they're all like, fuck those. <laughs> Americans. I'm really excited to hear about these ghosts. Okay. Yeah, me too. All right. So I chose ghosts because, again, most of the time when I choose anything, it's because I read it and I'm like, what about this? Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of questions. So I started off pretty normal, right? I like started off just talking about like ghosts are often used in um in literature like it's not not like a new not a new thing right not a creative thing in terms of like usage um you know most famously in like Dickens and Shakespeare they're used usually as just like plot devices and like reflections of like feelings that the character like the protagonist is feeling right like they're not um kind of anything other than that and then that's kind of what the, the jk uses them as um so according to the wizarding world of harry potter a ghost is the transparent three-dimensional imprint of a deceased i almost said diseased jesus uh witch or wizard which continues to exist in the mortal world Muggles cannot come back as ghosts and the wisest witches and wizards choose not to. Um, So we see them back and forth. Nick says this, you know, Harry talks to him. um, And yeah, we just see, we don't have a ton of information about ghosts, but we get to see ghosts more than we get to see most other creatures in the Harry Potter universe. Um, So some of the more famous ghosts um, in Harry Potter so we have up front, we have Sir Nicholas de Nimsy Porpington. Um, so this was on, uh, I think, the Wizarding World. Um, and apparently he died from execution, which we knew because he died with a botched attempt to of a beheading. Um, 
but after an attempt to beautify a lady in waiting at the court of King Henry VII, caused her to sprout tusks. Wait, what? That's why he got killed? He got killed because he tried to, like, beautify a lady in court, and he, he sprouted tusks, and so I guess he got caught and executed as a wizard. That's amazing. That's so good. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> I think it's funny. I like it. It's canon. Um, but yeah, so we see Nick a lot. Nick is like a, a pretty central character in terms of like mostly Nick is used to tell history of Hogwarts. Like that's kind of what he like mostly pops around as um, is like Harry has like a leading question or or something, and so they'll ask Nick, right? He just kind of like floats around. He's generally pretty happy to be included, and like you know likes to likes to put on the airs. Um, mm. So obviously he's called nearly headless Nick by most of the students, um, but rarely to his face. They just call him Nick. Um, but he is the Gryffindor house ghost and he is the most famous of the ghosts huh. that we have. Yeah. yeah. The second most famous of the ghosts is of course, Myrtle Elizabeth Warren, <laughs> AKA moaning Myrtle, AKA the creepy pervy teenage girl who watches the prefect orgies on the fifth floor love her um, i read so, a dirty thick about her yeah she i bet course, you have she's weird <laughs> you, what dirty fanfic mm-hmm. oh you almost don't need it because jk basically makes it canon that she's just a weird so little pervert pervy. yeah mm-hmm. she's a big pervy um <laughs> she's uh yeah, she's a bit odd. We know that she got like isolated of the castle by the ministry because she kept tormenting all of Hornsby. Um, and so Olive had to go to the ministry and basically get Myrtle banished back to the castle. Oh, I didn't know that. So she left the castle. Yeah. You're yeah, that's not actually by... that's actually in the book. Yeah. Oh. You're not bound by your location, right? You can move flip back and forth. So um, even in death, the government has reach. <laughs> somehow, and I don't know how. Magic. It's very yeah. scary. That's it's very awful. interesting. Yeah. It's never gonna happen. Um, so that's the first we learn about like the government being able to like have control over like ethereal bodies. Just crazy. Like um, so yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um moving on to the Slytherin house ghost, we have the bloody baron. Uh, we don't know his name. He's just called the Bloody Baron. Um, and yeah, he murdered Helena Ravenclaw, um, which the audacity. Not cool. <laughs> um, and then he killed himself. So yeah, not a lot. Um, he's a dick, apparently. He just kind of like skulks around and uh, he's the only one who will listen to. Um, Opposite. He will listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Nick is afraid of him. Yeah. He says he's not afraid of him, but he is. Did so did he murder Helena cuz they were like lovers or No, he wanted them to be lovers and Helena was like a no. He... And so he killed her. Was it that he was sent to like bring her back? Yeah, he right? was. That's the story. Mm-hmm. And he fell in love with her. She had like she... Run- she had run away. Yeah. And from so where? uh from her mother just being a oh. being a teen. Gotcha. You know, being angsty. 
Um, and so the Baron was sent to go retrieve her. Um, and he fell in love with her and then she rebuked him. And so he killed her. Hmm. Neat. Yeah. So and now they like really both cool. just have to hang out in the castle and like right. avoid each other, I guess. I guess. I don't know. Well, I want um, that. Where is that fan? And neither of them died at Hogwarts. Right. So like they don't have to be there. Yeah. They chose to be at Hogwarts together. They died in Ro- in Albania. So, like, I don't know. Um, anyway, that brings us to Helena. She is the Grey Lady, um, daughter of Rowena Ravenclaw. Um, and, yeah, of course, murdered by the Bloody Baron. Um, then we have the Fat Friar, who's the Hufflepuff ghost. We don't know much about him. But I did learn, apparently, he was the execution at the hands of his fellow churchmen, who apparently did not appreciate him using magic oh. to try to cure the pox. Oh, my gosh. So This is huge that a wizard was trying to help cure the pox we mm-hmm. missed this during our wizard public health episode this is All- not in the books this was from wizarding world of harry potter wow. also that a, a wizard was involved in some sort of muggle religious life <laughs> yes yeah that's true we we know he's the fat friar but we don't really learn much more about that hmm. so he could be quite an interesting man he's like um, I know and then of course miracles and then, of Sorry. course, there's Professor Binns, who is just the world's most boring teacher. I love him so much. <laughs> Do you relate to Professor Binns? I had a professor in college who I, I loved dearly, but was just the oldest person in the entire world. And I was, like, always so convinced that he was going to Professor Binns it. Like, he was just going <laughs> to he was gonna die, die one day and it would not stop. Die in the staff room and just keep going. Yep. Well, you know, he died and he's got to go fuck his ex-wife. Because he's a whatever that term a is. Rumschnickler. Rumschnickler. No, I just watched Young Frankenstein. I actually wanted to do the werewolf. Werewolf. Why are you talking like that? I thought you wanted to. Um, um, sorry. Cool. And then the last uh, famous ghost is Peeves, right? Yeah. Um, Peeves is not a ghost, but he's a poltergeist. Um, and he's just a pervy little weirdo. Um, supposedly, uh, Peeves could get exercised from the castle. I don't know what that means. They don't talk about what that would mean. It just means that he would have to leave. Um, I don't think it would kill him necessarily. He would just um, banish him. Yeah, I think we just banish him. Um, yeah, in Harry Potter, they talk about ghosts and poltergeists a little bit differently, right? So, like, ghosts are obviously imprints of a departed soul. Um, and so they have a form, but they they can't interact with the physical realm. Um, and, like, ghosts have some interaction with the human world, right? Like, we know that they let food rot because they can kind of vaguely... Ugh. catch its essence That's right so weird. um it also they change the temperature of the space around them um so they do exude some sort of like physical entity um and then they can affect water movement and fire as well hmm. um so they can like affect some of the elements around them but not physically really like they're not tangible um versus like a poltergeist which are like they're not alive they're not dead because they were never alive right like they're not they're not ghosts they're just kind of like uh 
They're like they almost just- between a ghost and a demon. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. described in the Harry Potter universe as indestructible spirits of chaos. Um, and they do have like a corporal form. Yes, they, they can, like, can interact shit. with the physical world. Yeah, so like Peeves is constantly causing mayhem, right? Like he can pick students up. He can smear ink on the nozzles of the like tell the eyepieces of the telescopes, right? Like he can do whatever he wants. He's basically can- just a little practical shit. Because I think we had, I think we've had this conversation in another episode, but it's like ghosts can't fuck, but like peeves could fuck. Okay, so <laughs> we're getting there. Don't worry, we're getting there. Because right, we have talked about this before, right? We kind of have. We're we're getting there. So, um, yeah, this brings me to my questions. Right, ghosts confirmed in the books cannot physically interact with the living world. However, they can interact with each other. This is evidenced by the headless hunt, right? Mm -hmm. So we know that Nick is like tirelessly trying to uh, join the headless hunt, but he keeps getting denied because he is like partially still attached at the neck. Um, But the hunt shows up and they're like knocking heads around at his death day party, right? And so that means they can interact with each other. Ghosts should, ghosts gotta be fucking all the time. There's just ghost orgies going on all the time. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. If they can feel anything. Who cares? Why not? Just go for it. Mm. You know? And so <laughs> they ghosts, other things, right? Ghosts seem to be able to acquire things. Meaning, like, the Bloody Baron has hung himself with chains mm-hmm. as, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, atonement, right, for his sins. Like penance, right? yeah. Yeah, penance, yeah. Um, so he has chosen to, like, adorn these chains so that he, like, is doing this as penance, right? He didn't die wearing these chains, so he just somehow acquired these, like, ghostly Dramatic. chains. Yeah. Very, uh, very Marley. Right. Marley and exactly. Marley. Very mm-hmm. Marley and Marley. Ooh. Maybe that's now I have that song stuck in my head. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they can seem to be able to acquire objects. Okay. They also have ghost letters. So Nick somehow corresponds with the headless hunts in some way. So I don't know how they seem to interact with each other, but like, essentially they have some way of doing that right so like in conclusion ghosts have accessories like (laughs) chains they have their own stationary kits and they can have orgies for eternity wow being a ghost seems pretty rad yeah they have they do have sports (laughs) and they have sports you know i'm just saying um Social but yeah, clubs, so parties. that's my, yeah, that's my um, observations on the quality of uh, death, I guess, for they, ghosts. They also, besides like obviously being able to exchange letters in, in some capacity, um, there clearly is some sort of like network of ghosts because when we see the death day party, there's like a oh, ton of ghosts there that so aren't Hogwarts ghosts. ghosts. Yeah. Uh-huh. And there, there's also no reason to believe that like everyone nearly headless Nick met 
in his like mortal life is now dead and he is kept in contact with this ghost. So somehow like these ghosts are they got out. each other and being in yeah. contact with each other. So there's there's quite a vast social hierarchy in the, the, the ghost world. Do you think there's like like a, do you think they could like cross between the living world and the other worlds? So no, they can't, but I theorize and we talked about this in the ministry, the department of mysteries episode. I theorize that the veil on the archway in the death chamber could potentially act as a walkway for ghosts between hmm. realms. I think there, I think there is a, a chance of that. Um, <clears throat> Obviously, we just don't know enough about it, but like right. that makes sense to me because like, we know I, that when humans go through it, they die they physically. They die, and also like their bodies go somewhere else. Yeah. Oh right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, but we know that they <clears throat> can't like ghosts. Once you become a ghost, like nearly headless Nick, like this is the end of the road for him. He can't like now decide he's ready to move on unless why do we know that uh because he says it yeah there's in um there's uh so lisa you referred to it a little bit earlier but at the end of um uh order of the phoenix so right after sirius dies yep um there is like i think that section i think the end of that book is like really really sad and beautiful and i it it is a part of really accurate yeah It, it is like harry just sort of being overwhelmed with grief and like it it feels it feels very hollow it feels very sad like she did a good job with those last like maybe 20 pages or something like that but he yeah he goes to find nearly headless nick because he's like Sirius is dead but i know ghosts exist like see like serious he'll come back like and so he goes to nick and he's like how do ghosts come back and nick has like kind of been avoiding him because he's like i know what you're gonna ask me and like i can't do anything and harry keeps saying like no, like serious, like serious won't care if it's like weird or whatever. Like he'll, like he'll come back. He'll come back for yeah. me. And Nick basically says like he's not going to come back because he was like too brave to remain a ghost. Yeah, so, like people become ghosts wow. when they're scared to leave. Like your ghost isn't even really your soul. I think they say it's like an imprint of like who yeah. you were. It's, it's like, like a, a shadow. Yeah, it's a shadow <laughs> of the life that you like once lived. Right. So the it's not considered a common thing because it's, you're not choosing, you're not choosing like a cursed life or anything. You're just not choosing, you know, you're choosing kind of nothing. Hmm. Yeah. You're choosing to cling to like what you knew, but you can't experience it anymore. Yeah. You're choosing to live on the outskirts of what you once loved. It's so sad. It's It's really really sad. sad. Yeah. And they also like, we watch, them build friendships with the house ghosts and so like they're still like human enough to have a memory that you know encompasses their living life and their afterlife but like they're just fragmented and they Mm -hmm. like clearly long for it that's why like the death day party which is like one of my favorite scenes in the entire series i i love it so much but um you know why they have all of the the rotting food and they walk through it and and I think Harry asks one like can you even taste it and he says like almost very sadly so it's like they almost. still they still want all of these things but they can't experience them so the best they can get is this like very very like poor 
version of you know mm-hmm. what they had when they were living right that which scene. is Sorry. what makes no i was gonna say which was what makes me think that like you know they're really just not embracing their chain accessories and their orgies <laughs> they have nothing Other else to do you think they would <laughs> the myrtle's doing it right she's just peeping on all the prefix she really is yeah, she really it. is yeah. <laughs> That scene at the party with the rotting food always made me think of uh, and that scene in Casper where they, they eat. Oh the yeah, and it just like goes, just goes right through them. I always picture, always picture that. Okay, so my question is: Would you rather be a ghost, a werewolf, or a vampire? Yeah, I'm gonna and- stick with being a vampire. Same. It is got to be the best option out of these three. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I kind of want to be a dog, though. So I don't know. I don't know. Am Do I would, okay. <laughs> then, Caleb, would yeah. you rather be a traditional werewolf in which you are a human most of the time, but a dog once a month? Or would you rather be a dog <laughs> most of the time and a human once a month? Uh, Do I have to pay taxes? No. Oh, God. Um... Wait, should, would they not have to pay taxes in either form? Like no, in werewolf in... reg traditional werewolf form, you pay taxes. You pay taxes. Okay. Okay. And then human once a month. No taxes. No taxes. <laughs> <laughs> I just got my first paycheck today, and I'm <laughs> sad about taxes. Well, um... you also couldn't have a job if you were uh, a dog for. Thirty days out of the month, right. right? So it wouldn't right. really, it wouldn't really matter. Dogs have jobs, <laughs> huh? I think, I think I'll be a vampire. <laughs> okay, all right, okay. yeah. I know I made a really good argument for being a ghost, but I'm gonna... uh, being a ghost sounds like the the most the biggest bummer out of the three. It of really us. does. Oh, absolutely. Does. I would never. Yeah. Um, I, no, I, I would definitely choose like, yeah, weird lifelong. Because oh I, Lisa, God. I bet you could have orgies as a vampire too. Oh, and you I'm could sure write letters to people. <laughs> I mean, that's it. That's that whole fucking beginning scene in what we do in the shadows. It's like, oh, what did you get up to last night, vegan? I turned into a dog and I had sex. <laughs> I, had I, well, I was going to say, in, in what we do in the shadows, I think uh, Laszlo has this line where he's like, I became a vampire to drink blood and fuck forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've never seen the show. But oh, okay. The, but yeah, in the movie, that's like how it starts. He's like giving, he's like, oh, like Taika Waititi is like walking around. He's like, oh, Deacon, how, do, how was the rest of your night? <laughs> like I turned into a dog and I had sex. Oh, well, you should want in to just bring, bring it full back in the show, What We Do in the Shadows. They do recreate the baseball scene from Twilight with the, the werewolves. And it's very good. Oh, God. I got to watch the show and the movie the movie is amazing i don't i've heard the show is very good i'm i'm gonna give it a shot but the movie is one of my favorite things it's so stupid i have also i've never seen the the movie i I do want to watch it it's so good you know what would be fun for us to do now i'm just going off episode if we could do like a watch party yeah it'd be fun yeah i know a lot of people who have never seen what we do in the shadows which is crazy to me so then we can have we can watch it and then we can have this conversation again to mm-hmm. see if it confirms 
whether we would be vampires. Oh, it confirms it. Absolutely, it does. Well, this was real interesting. I feel like we're going to sign off and then I'll think of 50 more things that I wish we had talked about about each of these. Hey, this one was meant to be just fun after some, after a long month. And yeah. God, it's been a long fucking month. Yeah. Well, thanks, y'all. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Um, uh, If you, as always, have opinions, you can email us at watcherharrypod at gmail.com. Um, or you can find us on Instagram at Watcher Harry Podcast. Um, yeah, let us, yeah. I don't know, let us know anything. Just talk would to you, us. Would you, would you, let us know if you'd rather be a vampire, werewolf, or a sad, pervy ghost. You gotta yeah. kill one, fuck one, marry one. Send us an email. Oh, wait, that's <laughs> Send a- us an email. If you could, just send us a fax. <laughs> Yeah, you might as well. We're going to see that about <laughs> as quickly. <laughs> All right. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, everybody. I love you. Bye. <laughs> the Watcher Harry podcast is hosted by me, Sean Fitzpatrick, Lisa Moen, and Caleb Kelleher. Our editing is done by me, Sean Fitzpatrick, and our theme music is Dance Macabre Busy Strings by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. It's licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.